0: I started teaching uh, this series at the beginning of the year to our people, and I had a couple of um, goals in mind. Uh, First of all, uh, I wanted to uh, teach so that our people are not swayed by the false doctrine. Um, The devil is good at what he does. Uh, You go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, and in that conversation with Eve, you know it well, Uh, he quoted God almost. And he twisted Scripture uh, and deceived Eve, and he's been doing that ever since. And what we have got to do is stick to the Word of God. So I want my people to uh, know this, and everybody, so many of you have commented to me, uh, you have them springing up in your town, in your city, all these emerging churches. And, and uh, so I want people to understand, uh, but there are a lot of people who are deceived, and I want to be able to reach them with the gospel. And, and it's just like studying missionaries, they go to a, a, a foreign field, they learn the culture there, they learn that religion, they learn, so they know how to present the gospel. The gospel doesn't change, uh, but we need to arm ourselves with the truth of scripture. Uh, the emerging church, there's a lot of things about it that people say or do, and uh, I'm going to try and define it for you, and I want to jump right into some things uh, this, um, uh, this morning. But uh, one thing that we have got to understand, now tomorrow I'm planning on teaching on uh, the uh, Spirit of God or the Spirit of Antichrist. Uh, there's the Holy Spirit, and every other spirit's a seducing spirit. And often you hear people, man, the service this morning, you could just feel the Spirit, and boy, our, our worship team, we got it on. Well, they did feel spirit. Um, and so there's a difference in the spirits. And then I'm going to also, Lord willing, get to um, convert or Christ follower. You hear this, I'm just a Christ follower. I'm just a Christ follower. Well, in that connotation, I will tell you, I'm not a Christ follower. I'm a convert. There's a big difference in being a convert and a Christ follower. And so we'll get to those, Lord willing, uh, tomorrow. Uh, But these are are, are some advertisements that I have received uh, from one of our local emerging churches. And uh, looking through them again, uh, one was an advertisement for uh, the fall season, offering free groceries and things of that nature, but not one time do they ever mention the name of Jesus. The Bible, God. Uh, this one is at the movies. Um, we're gonna, they're going to learn Bible truths through the blockbuster movies. Um, First-time guest gets a free movie ticket. Um, again, not one mention of Jesus, not one mention of God, not one mention of Scripture, not one mention of the Gospel. And uh, we have got to understand that uh, this comes from a different spirit. This comes from a different source. I'm going to be in 2 Timoth- Timothy chapter 3 to start with this morning. If you want to turn very quickly, and I'm going to talk very quickly, and uh, I'm going to deal with something this morning. Can I lay a little bit of a foundation and uh, go right after Uh, One of the methods that are used by the emerging church today. And so please bear with me this morning as we get into this. But 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And are you awake this morning? All right. Very good. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also. You know the Apostle Paul, of course, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. The book of 1 Timothy, he's given him all kinds of instruction. This is how, this is how a pastor is supposed to conduct himself. This is how a deacon supposed to conduct themselves. Uh, fight the good fight of faith. Uh, hold to the truth. Uh, Second, Tim- uh, Second Timothy two, two. there's a principle uh, of passing the truth down from faithful man to faithful man. And, and Timothy, you've got to be faithful. And now we're getting to the end of Second Timothy. And, of course, we know chapter 4, he's, he talks about how he's finished his course. He's kept the faith. He knows his time of departure is very soon. Chapter 3, he says, this know also. You and I as Christians, there's some things we're to know also. And he points out that in the last days, perilous times shall come. We know this, perilous times are going to come. But notice he begins to identify in this chapter, beginning with verse number 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Verse five, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Now we know this world is bad, it's always been bad. Uh, It's always been, uh, there's always been evil in this world. And we have a definition, verses 2 through 4, of a list that I don't ever want to find myself in. I hope you don't ever want to find yourself in there. But I will make the argument with you this morning that that Paul is not speaking of the world. We can apply that to this is in the quote-unquote church today. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I don't have the time, and let me just say this. If you will email me, I will, uh, Pastor, I will send you all of my notes uh, that I've been teaching from, and they're citing uh, different books and different sources, and so you can have that. I don't have time to do that here, uh, but I can give you quotes of emerging church leaders where they say that now it's time to accept homosexuality in our churches. It's time to accept abortion. I believe one his words were that ship has sailed. Uh, To accept uh, all of these things, and I can make the argument. I can take you to to page, uh, chapter, and page where these things are accepted. Why is it? Because it's very simple. Verse five: having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. There's no conversion. Uh, There's no there's no there's no Holy Spirit, Uh, and so we find these things. And so here is the warning. Uh, Paul goes on and he gives a lot of instruction. You know the passage well. Verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Why are we surprised when we look, when somebody says that person's a deceiver? Well, he's a, he's a deceiver. And men will be deceived. But Notice verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Now, if I get to it later in the week, I'm going to really break that verse down, and I'm going to address uh, this criticism of, well, why, why this generation leaves the church and why they're going to all of this. In a word, they're rebels. And the excuses that are given, well, the preachers today, they're mean-spirited. Paul didn't give any qualifiers of how, when you continue. Let me put it like this. If your pastor is a jerk, you're supposed to Continue. Uh, if, if, if it's up, if it's, if it's see, the people here don't have to deal with that. But uh, uh, it, there, there's no qualifiers on when you continue. You and I have a responsibility. Are, are you saved this morning? Aren't you glad you have the faith? There was a faithful man that handed it to you. I teach this in our church. You don't have to teach it in yours. But if you were born into an independent fundamental Baptist home, you do not have a right to ever be anything but an independent fundamental Baptist you owe your mom and dad independent fundamental grandchildren one day. Because it says to continue in the things. There's no disqualifying statement. Well, well, that previous generation, they had flaws. Continue. That previous generation, they did continue. Continue. It really doesn't matter. I'm to continue in the things that I've been assured of. I'm, assur- I'm assured of my salvation. I've been assured of, of, of the scripture. I'm to continue in that. So that is the basis that I entered into this whole study is that there is a last days theology. And it is this emerging church theology that uh, they put it like this. Let me put it like this to you. The emerging church says, come as you are. And have you ever heard that? And stay that way. The New Testament church says, come as you are, repent, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the church, as you know, was founded to be a place where sinners could find Christ. It was not intended to be the place where they could hide from him. The emerging contemporary church is a club that says, keep your music, your language, your dress, your friends, your lifestyle. The New Testament church is a called out assembly following the command to come out from among them and be ye separate. We've got to understand that there's truth and there's error. There is no alternate truth. It's right or it's wrong. It's true or it's false. Now, look at that handout that I gave you this morning, and I'm going to uh, begin to get into is the old time religion outdated? And I want to deal specifically, and if we have time, we'll get into another, another subject. But Psalms chapter one, nineteen, verse eighty nine says, "Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven." God recorded that in Scripture for you and I to know that there'd never be another time where God sees fit to change it. It's never going to expire, forever, O Lord. Well, there's a new generation today. I can, I, can, I can shoot down all the theology with half of a scripture verse. Truth endureth to all generations. There's truth, there's error, there's nothing else. It falls into one of those categories. The emerging church is a protest. It is a protest against tradition, order, absolutes, and the traditional church. It is more known for what it is against. I'm against the authority. I'm against a pastor-led church. I'm against your separation. And I'll call it, your, your, I'm against your standards. And, and that's legalism. If somebody tells you you're a legalist because you believe in Bible separation, ask them to define the word. Uh, I, I'm against that. Uh, I, I, and sometimes you hear, well, that's what you believe, pastor. I, I'm against all that you are for. See, the emerging church is exactly what it accuses the old-time religion of being. Against a list of things instead of what it is for. Now, because of what I'm for, there are some things I'm against. Are you with me? But see, the emerging church, their, their, whole, their whole theology is what they are against. We are rebelling against Grandma's church. We are rebelling in the way that I grew up. We are rebelling in traditions. We are rebelling against everything. Stop them and say, So, what are you for? It'd be a very short conversation. What, that's exactly right. We're, we're, just, we're just against. We're against. We're against. It is born out of rebellion. Can you think of anybody else who rebelled against the things of God? Dan Kimball, in his book, Emerging Church, defines the movement as, There is no single worldview. All truth is not absolute. Community is valued over individualism, and thinking, learning, and beliefs can be determined non-linearly. If you're going to study a lot of what these emerging church guys teach, uh, you're going to have to really keep the scripture in context. And what really comes to my mind when I read after these men is the the, uh, part of the scripture that says, ever learning and never able to come to the truth. See, a lot of words that sound spiritual and sound smart, when you break them down, there's nothing nothing to it. But notice what he says. He says, uh, this is them defining their movement. There's no single worldview. All truth is not absolute. Think about how how foolish that statement is. The very definition of truth is an absolute. Community is valued over individualism, and thinking, learning, and beliefs can be determined non-linearly. There's several scriptural problems with that, as you can already imagine. Notice that phrase: "no single world view." But we're just—we're we're, don't don't you believe the gospel is all inclusive? I do. I believe Jesus died for all men. I believe that any man can be saved. I believe. I believe. I believe that. So on the surface, that sounds kind of—we we we we're all inclusive. You can come as you are, but listen to what they believe. No single world view, which means Jehovah God cannot be the only God. Because that is a single world view. It's the acceptance of all gods as possibilities. Their their salvation, quote unquote, is a journey. They're looking for the destination. This is why no single worldview, this is why you can take, take a, uh, a, a man like um, a Rick Warren and he has no problem with the Pope, he has no problem with, with, with Islam, he has no problem with any of those things because there's, we, we're all serving God. We, God loves all of his children and they twist things to say there's no single worldview. My Bible says, I am the way, I am the truth. No man cometh unto the Father but by me that sounds like a single world view that that 's the way it is this is their view there 's no single world that 's why you got to understand this when when you talk to them i 'm not interested in talking i 'm not interested in debating with the authors and the creators of this movement. But there are people in my town, there are people in your town who have visited one of these churches to get their free movie tickets or to get their free bag of groceries. They still need a savior and then they have had these things put in their mind that they're okay. You and I need to understand what they have been told, so that we can use the scripture to very easily, but to use the scripture to dispute what they have been told. There is a single worldview. See, with this, with this as their belief, then, then the belief comes, and we'll point this out tomorrow. Jesus was just a historical figure, and not the only way of salvation. They will tell you they believe in Jesus. I'll show you tomorrow. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, this it's because there's no single worldview. Notice that next phrase. This is their definition. All truth is not absolute. If there's if all truth is not absolute, the Bible is not the ultimate authority, because they believe truth changes. And I, I'm going to expound on all this in just a little bit. But truth never changes. Forever, O oh Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Uh, you know, isn't it kind of convenient if truth changes? We can live how we want. We can live after the flesh. We can, we can do what we want to do. That's why you find, I believe, in these emerging churches, that list in Second Timothy 3, 2, 3, and 4, you find all of those as accepted norm. I want people to come, and I want people to get saved at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Then I want them to grow in grace as a Christian. Jesus is our goal. Now, we know on this side of eternity we can never be like him, but we should be trying. He's our pattern. He's our, we should, now which way is that going to go? If there's no single worldview, if there's no absolute truth, you're not going to have Christians who are growing. Community is valued over individualism. Sounds kind of like socialism and communism, doesn't it? There's a reason for that. Uh, most of your emerging church churches you'll find that they're very acceptant of communism. They're very acceptant of socialism. They believe what that what they believe is the chaos or the mob rule. Whatever our generation wants or decides must supersede the authority of the Bible, the pastor, or the church. You hear a lot about the millennial generation, like they're a special generation. Uh, We're not doing them any favors by not saying this is right, this is wrong, this is truth. I say, how do you reach millennials? The same way I reach everybody else. You just give them the gospel. You, You tell them to be in church, read your Bible, pray. Uh, don't, don't, don't go to places you shouldn't go. It applies to everybody, but this community is valued over. You heal that word a lot. We just have such a great community in our church. We just have such a, it's valued over individual. What they mean by that is the, what do we want? This is where you get uh, into the preaching is we value discussion over thus saith the Lord. Can you think with me that the whole philosophy is, and Ed Stetzer's a big one that pushes this, and I can, I can give you page number, and I do not know why independent Baptists are, are enthralled with him at all, because if he believes what he has put on the pages of that book, he needs to get saved. I'm sorry, but that's just the reality of it. The philosophy is we, we make the, the church feel like the world, so the world comes into the church and they feel comfortable. His words on paper, then it rubs off on them. Jesus rubs off on them. Salvation rubs off on them. That is that is the belief. And you and I know that that is not true. And I say all that to say this: that it's a discussion. Versus a man of God getting up and saying, thus saith the Lord. If you are inviting lost people in, which we invite lost people to come to church every single Sunday. But they're going to hear a man get up and say, the Bible says, God has said. Why are we engaging? I like using their words too sometimes. Why are we engaging a lost person in discussion about spiritual truths which they can know nothing about? Well, what do you think about that? What do you think that means? What do you think? There's an attack on preaching, and it comes from this philosophy. It, and that's why you gotta be careful. Even if it's an independent Baptist attacking preaching, you understand where it's coming from. It's this community is valued over individualism, discussion versus thus saith the Lord, the non linear thinking. Uh, you say, Pastor what, is, what, Pastor, what does that mean? It's, it's right, is what we decide it is. Precedent or logic does not determine. Precept upon precept. Now We throw that out the window. There's no linear thinking. This is right. Right is what we decide. It doesn't matter what the precedent is. There is no absolute authority, so it doesn't matter what the Bible says. Right is what we think it is. See, the emerging contemporary church existence is out of rebellion against God, the Bible, and tradition. Let me read you a quote from, and I, would, I have probably close to 50 books by these men in my library, and I keep them hidden in a box in the corner so nobody sees them. But if you want a quick reference book, uh, this book, The Language of the Emerging Church, is what they put... These are there, Leonard Sweet, McLaren, uh, these men, these are, these, these are the, the, some of the founding fathers, if you will, the Emerging Church movement. They've defined themselves in these terms. It's a quick reference of what they believe. But You may have heard the word deconstruction. The Emerging Church has emerged out of this postmodern generation, and they deconstruct... Every idea that has existed. Let me let me define to you what they say deconstruction means. Deconstruction asks, might the author have had subconscious motivations at work that express meaning even deeper and perhaps more interesting than his or her conscious intents? Deconstruction might ask, might the author have been expressing broader cultural ideas or emotions or conflicts that he or she wasn't even aware of? Of and that therefore lie deeper than conscious intent and are essential dimensions of meaning of the text. Remember, they do not believe scripture is authority. Truth changes. So what they're saying, deconstruction, or deconstruction, might the author have had subconscious motivations? So when the apostle Paul was penning scripture, instead of that breath of God, as we heard last night, moving on him. Might he have had prejudices? Might he have had a bigger meaning? Because they, 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 they are ever learning and never coming to the truth. They have the form of Godliness but deny the power thereof. They deny the Holy Spirit. They have, they have, they have pushed him aside. They do not know him. So when Paul was writing, he, didn't, he might not have meant what he really meant. This is, their, 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 this is what they mean by deconstruction. They also say this, traditional modern interpretation, that's how you and I view Scripture. It's very, very clear. I started on this journey over 12 years ago, and you buy buy books 12 years ago, and you see them now. We used to be, Independent Baptists. used to be this unknown dark force, and now they're naming us on the pages of their books as the enemy because we hold to traditional interpretation, Traditional modern interpretation then is fond of finding the one true meaning in a text, while deconstructionists do not give any one reading privileged status, but rather are interested in hearing the interplay of many interpretations that arise from within many different interpretive communities. See, I hope you see this week. This stuff is more wicked than we get than we think. This stuff is evil. Uh, This stuff is born in the pits of hell, Satan is its author, and men are just being the mouthpiece of Satan himself. By driving, listen to this, for the one true interpretation, for example, they disenfranchise postmodern readers from whom deconstruction is as much the mother tongue as traditional interpretation is for modern people. Will modern Christian leaders demand that deconstructionist hearers convert to their traditional mode of interpretation? In such a demand, an act of faithlessness to Scripture in our Christian tradition, or is it merely faithfulness to modern D? De- because we demand that they view the Bible as we view the Bible. We, de- we disenfranchise it. It's our fault they reject the truth because we demand that they line with Scripture that's exactly what they are saying, and are we, are we going to hold to the, the, the modern view, putting us in an era? It's just from this time period, and I'll get to that in just a moment. That's what they mean by deconstruction. Now, stay with me. The old-time religion, as we might refer to it, the traditional church, is not only the enemy, but is considered outdated and therefore ineffective. You'll hear a couple of criticisms. The church is declining because it is stuck in the past. So therefore, we've got to change with this new generation and this, and this postmodern generation. And society is changing so quickly, and it is. And we've got to change with that. So therefore, we have to change truth to fit into what society wants. We have to change the church to fit into what society wants. Because it's all about getting them the gospel. And we've got to change it to that. See, the church, you and I, our ch- your church is declining, which ours isn't really declining, because it is stuck in the past. So don't listen to that. Young generation is leaving because the church is stuck in the past. Well, uh, glory to God, we apply Bible truths. And we've got uh, generations, we've got a couple dozen in Bible college training for the ministry right now. And we have a thriving singles ministry, a thriving teen ministry. And why is it? It's the truth. And so you've got to hold. So their, their criticism is the young generation is leaving. No, people leave the truth because of the reason they always have rebellion. That's the reason. Now, two areas that are targeted by the belief system of the emerging church, methods and theology. Methods and theology. I'm going to illustrate this in just a moment. The emerging church claims the traditional church is ineffective because its ministry methods are rooted in a certain era. Did you catch that? The traditional church is ineffective. This is how some of our our, 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 our liberal Baptist brethren uh, get a bunch of young preachers in because the, they they claim that ministry methods are what it's all about. They're rooted in a certain era. Well, it's not the 1950s anymore. It's not you know those churches of the 1960s. It's not, it's not that era anymore. See, the emerging church claims the old-time religion. The traditional church theology is stuck in the past. See, the theology was, their argument is the theology was determined by the culture of that era. You have to note this, the emerging church attacks the methods in these areas. It attacks preaching, it attacks music, it attacks separation, and it attacks soul winning. I was once told that well, those are minor doctrines. And I was like, "Wow, this! Thank you. I've forgotten. I didn't realize who God had put in charge of specifying what were major doctrines and what were minor doctrines." But if you break it all down, the emerging church is attacking preaching, music, separation, and soul winning. We're just like you, except for those four areas. We're the same as you are, except for those four areas. Those are major areas of agreement that we must have. It is an attack in that, those areas. But they say it's because we believe these methods that we have. And friend, let me just say, the methods that we have are Bible methods. We get our methods from Scripture. Don't let some scorner, don't let some uh, 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 non-believer convince you that the methods are not scriptural. The methods are stuck in the past. It is not true. They are Bible methods. See, their argument is Christians dressed in the 40s and 50s in church a certain way because that's the way society was. Everybody dressed that way, and so that's why you have people do, that's why that's why that's why you have the dress that you have in churches back then, because you could go to a baseball game and there would be uh, people would be dressed in a certain way, and that's just the way society was, because their thinking is our church should be like society. That that's what it is. That's why the music we have in our church, we want it to appeal to the lost. So that then when they get here, we can give them the gospel. But you do realize the scripture talks about uh, the, 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 the word of God can be choked. Because you have to have the spirit of God. But it says in a, in a certain society, that that's the way dress was. Had nothing to do with Bible morality. Preaching was the way it was. This is going to encourage the hearts of you preachers. Preaching was the way it was in the past because society had not evolved. Men could preach like they preached those men that were talked about last night, that previous generation, because that's just the way society was. Uh, Women were still oppressed back then. This is what they say. Authoritative preaching from pulpit to the pew was because society had not evolved into an openness of new ideas yet. Because all society was racist. The reason why, preacher, I'm going to help you this morning, independent Baptist pastor. So, next time you deal with one of these guys, this is what they really believe, they really think about you. The reason why you are against Islam is because you are a racist. That's why you're against Islam. Because you want, you because that is what they, that is their God that is that they're their culture that is what they and you just want them you are so narrow minded and you are so bigoted and you are so racist that you think they have to give up their religion and what they have always been taught and just accept what the Bible says. It's because you're a racist. That is their thinking. The reason why preachers get up, like we heard last night, we'll hear this morning, hear all week long, and say thus saith the Lord, and they'll preach with authority. They'll preach with power. They're not going to stop and ask anybody what you think. Can I pass out a survey this morning and, and get some feedback from everybody? The reason why that was the way back in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, and people accepted it because that's just the oppression of society, and, and we weren't open-minded then, and we were, we were more racist then, and that's why we could not accept. The music in the church was conservative because all music was conservative. It had nothing to do with Bible. As music has evolved in society, it should evolve in the church as well. See, you may have heard this, but it's just methods. Don't we want to reach more people with the gospel? Doesn't that sound good? It's just methods. That's just where we disagree. I still have my King James Bible. It's just methods. Our music is just different. What you call separation, we refer to as legalism, but we we, we have the same Bible. We come, we come from the same place. It's just our methods that are different, and many independent Baptists are falling prey to that. Well, you know, they still have the King James Bible. They don't believe half of it, but they still, they still have it. And, 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 and before long, they won't have it the King James Bible. But it's just methods. What? Let's put everything else aside and why do we always have to have divisions? Because doctrine divides. See, I, I am a, a Baptist not because it's a cool label. Because it's doctrine. That's why I'm a Baptist. It's, it's doctrine that labels me. Well, you, you, you independent Baptists, you label everybody. Label everybody. Label everybody. You judge everybody. Friend, that book right there judges us all. And I'm, I'm glad to be labeled. All society is, is a label. I mean, I hope you, you, you voted or you're going to vote. I mean, there's a pretty obvious political divide. You know, I, I know which label I wore when I voted. But labels don't matter, do they? Uh, Don't label, well, it's just methods. Let me illustrate this. Remember the two areas I mentioned, methods and theology? Remember at the beginning, in the introduction, I I mentioned, and I'm going to switch over to this, when whoever's got the sound. I mentioned in the introduction, uh, the methods and and the theology are the two two areas that there's a combative uh, spirit on the th- their theology is rebellion. I, I just we, we we don't want it the way it's always been. We think we, we, we just just not well. That's what you believe, and I'm okay because you believe that. But that's not what we believe. And I'm sitting am thinking, when did this alternate truth come in? Uh, but but it's it's just it's theology or it's methods. They have no theology. Their theology is I don't like yours. If you ever get in a conversation, and, and, and we've used this in our soul, and we say, well, we go to this, what do, what do you believe? Well, they say, you can, I, can, I, can, I don't have to change anything. I can just come however I am, and I can do whatever I want to do. So what do you believe? What are they teaching your children? And it's deer in headlights. They're, I don't know what they're teaching my children. It's their theology is rebellion. They have no theology. According to their own definition, they're still searching. They're just trying to find it. So what's the discussion always about? Think about it. It's always about methods. It's always about those four areas. Well, I just have a different preaching style. And praise God, men of God, God uses our personality and uses uses how we are and to preach different way, but that's not what they mean with preaching style. And when somebody always wants to talk about preaching style, a red flag ought to go up what's your preaching style let me help you i open the bible and preach what god has said that's my preaching that's my preaching style what they mean by that is let's get let's get let's get the pulpit out of the way let's get a stool up and let's have a discussion it's about music it's about separation it's about holiness that's the areas that they attack we believe the same they'll say we have the same theology Our methods are just different. Let let me illustrate this. Jason, come come help me if you would. He's going to remind, this is our emerging church missionary. (laughs) This is what they show you. Can everybody see that? They show you methods. That's, That's all. We have a lot in agreement. It's just our methods are different. Our music's a little different. Now, I'm not talking about you like this hymn, somebody else likes this hymn. When I say music is different, like was preached last night, the, light, the lights are off, the smoke machines are going, you got you got all this contemporary contemporary stuff, and it's just, we set the mood for everything because you're making it comfortable for lost people. Not not for the spirit of God. But it's just a method. I, I know I know I know what 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 what, what, what cut you're from and, and the door knocking and the confrontational soul winning and all that. That's a method. That's all, that's all it is. We just have a different method. We have the same gospel. It's just a different method. Well, you, what you would call separation and what you would call holiness, I, I'm, we, 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 we're just different about that. It's, it's the method. They always show you method. Always. They always want to talk about the method. We're the same. We have the same God. But you and I know, just by the definitions we've, just, we, we've gone over this morning, they, 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 they do not believe the same about God. They do not believe the same about the authority. But it's always about the method. You get with it in an emergency Oh, it's our it's our, it's our, it's our, it's our, come be a part of, of, of the community, this and that. But it, it's, we, you and I, we come from an, a different way. I need need somebody else to help me. Mike, you come up here. Come over here. I'll let you represent our independent Baptist missionary. (laughs) We start with theology. Doctrine. What does the Bible say? What thus saith the Lord? That's why, and, and I'll probably just end up giving you the outline at the end of the week you can have a New Testament church or an emerging church. You can't have both. It's one or the other. One of the differences is our authority comes from Scripture, not a stack of books that some man wrote. You will not not go the way of the emerging church by just staying in the Word of God. Doctrine will not let you. I said it earlier, I'll proudly wear the Baptist label because I believe Baptist doctrine is Bible doctrine. It's all about doctrine. I think you should choose a church based on doctrine. I I think you ought to have your kids under sound doctrine. I mean, how many scripture verses, how many times did Paul just talk to Timothy about doctrine and sound doctrine and fight the good fight? It's all about doctrine, what we believe. I, I'm not, I'm not going to get in an argument over the color of the paint on the walls, but I am going to get in an argument. I will draw a line in the sand as the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church when it comes to Bible doctrine. I'm going to stand on doctrine. I'm not going to compromise my doctrine. That's the theology of what we believe. Are you with me? When it comes to the emerging church, it's all about the methods. This is what we show you. I love it when somebody comes to church and says, we're on your website and we like the doctrine. We believe we're like-minded. Now, new Christians—we well, have new Christians right now. They've been saved; they were at, saved out of another cult. They're learning Baptist doctrine. Right, right. The, the, what are they learning? learning how are they learn the Baptist doctrine? Are you indoctrinating them with the Bible? That's our theology. That's as a pastor of a Baptist church. That's what I put out front. This is my theology. This is what I believe. That's not. There's no theology here. There's no theology. So, therefore, this is where the emerging church deceives a lot of simple men, if you will. Because we don't understand enough that methods come from doctrine. And, and they say, it's just methods. It's just methods. Well, is music really that big of a deal? Is, is this separation really that big of a deal? Well, society has changed over the last 30, 30 years, and things are accepted. Now, that's why you find in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2, 3, and 4, all of these things that Paul says, in the last days, Timothy, you're going to find all... Uh, a perilous time shall come, and he lists all of these things. I don't believe he's talking about in society, in the world. There's always been those things in society, in the world. I'm talking about in the church, because they denied the power. They, they had the form, oh, but I mean, you talk to these people, and, 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 and you would think, oh, we have 75 baptized. I'll talk about that tomorrow, too. And, and they, and they want to say, we believe, have easy believism. How would, would you like to have a new life in Christ? Well, what lost person wouldn't answer? Well, sure. Check this box right here. Next Sunday, we're having Baptism Sunday, and you can begin your journey. And they'll go through life thinking they made a decision for Christ, and they'll die and go to hell because of methods. I, I'm not interested in changing my method. Let me, let, me tell you what the, let me tell you what the devil is really after. He's not after your music. Turn it over. He's after your theology. Guys fall prey to this. It's just it's just a method. It's just a way of doing doing things. that's what that's what that's what they're after. What's their theology? They're not coming at you with their theology because they don't have any. Their theology is they just don't like your theology. So they come at you with a method. It's just a vehicle of delivering the truth. Does it matter how we deliver it, if it gets delivered? But what they're after is their theology. We put our theology out front, flip it over, and that's where we get our methods. It's very simple. I do what I do as a Baptist because of my theology. Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, you know it. He said, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. You need the Holy Spirit power. It will come upon you. And then you go. And then what did they do? They stood there and they were gazing. And those two angels said, stop gazing and go. Do. They went to that upper room. They, got, they, they prayed for the power. They went, you know what Acts chapter number two is. But then they went house to house. They continued steadfastly in doctrine. Their methods were born out of their doctrine. We have the music we have because of our doctrine. We have the preaching we have because of our doctrine. We have the separation we have because of our doctrine. We have the standards we have because of our our doctrine. Well, that's just legalism. You don't know your Bible. Matter of fact, you don't even know Webster's uh, definition of legalism. It's our doctrine. Therefore, this is what we do. This is our method of getting the gospel out because it comes from our doctrine. The emerging church is opposite. They say, let's just talk about our methods. Oh, we don't have those methods of that fundamental church. Oh, our methods are different, and you can just do this, and you don't have to worry about this. But what they're after is your theology. And and, and men do not fall prey to, to, to these who would try and merge the two and say, I still have the theology as a Baptist, but I just don't use Baptist methods. I don't have the methods. Do not forget this statement. You cannot take the methods born out of bad theology and not get the theology. The emerging church founders—they did not get their their methods from the Bible. They get it from business business models. They get it from built built around false doctrine. How has God always blessed this church? It was preached about last night. The moving of the Holy Spirit of God. The moving of the Holy Spirit of God. Well, we got to, if, if, if they come in and, and they don't know the songs that you're singing and they don't recognize them and nobody looks like them and, 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 and they, don't, they don't understand anything, they're going to feel uncomfortable and they're not going to come back. Well, in your church where the Holy Spirit's not welcome, that might be true. I still believe the Holy Spirit of God can... See, uh, that's the difference in in somebody who believes in the Holy Spirit. Somebody in our theology, it's got to be the Holy Spirit. It can't be a method. We're going to get up and say, it's not going to be this preacher, but the Holy Spirit of God. That's why you can preach on something totally unrelated, and there could be a lost person in the corner... And you can preach on tithing that morning. And, and the Holy Spirit of God can get a hold of their heart, fall under conviction, and they can get saved. Because it's the theology. That's where we get our methods. They're after your theology. But they don't come out because you'd be ready for that, wouldn't you? Well, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're like the Independent Baptist, I know, you, you're ready to talk about your theology. Matter of fact, you'll start a conversation on your theology. I mean, you've got them in your outline. These are automatic amen getters. I mean, I mean, we we we're gonna talk about our theology. Talk about what we believe. Devil's not gonna come at you with your theology because you'd be ready for that. But what he is gonna say is, oh, we have the same theology. Our methods are just different. Can't we come together to reach the world because our theology is the same? Well, you cannot take the methods from bad theology and not get the theology. Thank you, gentlemen. It's important for you and I to realize that they say one thing, but they mean another. You cannot accept methods built around the false doctrine. I'm going to stay with my methods. Why is that? Because they're doctrinal. I believe in being organized. I believe in doing things first class. But that does not replace the Holy Spirit of God. Say, so, well, they've got some. These people have got some good ideas. You have to understand their ideas. They do not consider the move of the Holy Spirit. They don't even believe this is true. All it is, it's multi-level marketing, is what it is. It's a business plan, is what it is. It's a come and get a, we're going to pay for your date and then we're going to tell you how to have a good marriage and and watch these 10 things. uh, There's nothing about, you know know how to have a good marriage? Get born again. That's how you have a good marriage. That'll change daddy. That'll change mama. That'll change them, get born again. But some of these emergency pastors have to get born again first. And you say, I don't think you should say that. I can prove it. From their own theology. And this is what, I don't get upset when I meet somebody out here in our community and they say, I go to this and this quote unquote church and I know what kind of a church. I don't get upset at them. They've been deceived. And I want them to get saved. I want them to, to realize they have been. But these guys that'll peddle, pedal this stuff. I'm not even, I'm not even, I am as cordial as I have to be. Meaning if I see them, I turn the other way because I don't want to get in the flesh because they are sending people to hell. And I'm certainly, I'm certainly not going to have anything to do with these who have stood where I've stood doctrinally. And now they are peddling the methods from the theology that is sending people to hell. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. You got to remember what they believe. They do not believe... In the authority. They do not believe there is truth. They're always trying to pick it apart. Methods. Oh, are the methods in the Bible inspired? Was it in the Bible? Then it's probably inspired. Uh, it's probably doctrinal if it's in the Bible. And so, we got to hold to our methods. That, the old-time religion is outdated. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's doctrinal. We start with our doctrine. And if we both stay doctrinal, we'll have the same methods. We'll have the same. Our uh, preaching will be the same. Our music will be the same. Our separation, our holiness, our se- they'll be the same. Why? Because it's all born out of doctrine. Let's stay true to doctrine, and everything else to take care of itself. Now, in the morning, I'm going. Lord willing, teach on the spirit of Antichrist versus the Holy Spirit, and then convert or Christ follower. I don't want you to miss tomorrow morning. Convert or Christ follower. Now, there is a difference in a convert and a Christ follower.